And as we come to part four in this sermon series, Jesus' Stories, it's really built off the idea that Jesus told these stories that would encourage, would challenge, and would convict our hearts to pursue His kingdom with an attitude and a mindset and in the truth as He said it before those who had ears and hearts to listen to what He said. And so this morning, we want you to know that we believe that the Scriptures, by the Bible, is God's Word. It is inspired by God. It is all-inspired, and it is inerrant, and we look to it for the direction that God is calling us. And so this morning, in part four, we're going to meet two different individuals and their pursuit of God. And as you see and, and hear their direction as they approach God, try to find really and truly in your heart what is the attitude that you are taking. Because it is critically important that you have the right heart as you come before the Lord. The wrong heart does not bring about the blessing that God wants to give you in your life. For example, we find a scripture in Old Testament in Micah where God is talking to some men who happen to be husbands. And they say to uh, one another, why are we not being blessed? And God speaks and says to them, You cry out to me day and night. And yet you mistreat your wives. I want you to know that I am the God that created marriage. And I was the God that was there when you took your vows to one another. I was present and you vowed certain things to your wife and you are breaking those vows, and yet you're calling on me to bless you. I won't. See, attitude and the way we come before God is critically important. And so to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Now, one thing that we can grasp right away from verse 9 is there is something that we should not do. We cannot allow it to be a part of our lives, even though it often is. But once we recognize it, we really need to do something about it within. You see, Jesus says there are some people that are confident in their own righteousness. And because they're confident in their lives and what they're doing and what they're accomplishing and their achievements, they just have the tendency to look out above and look down on other people. Now, we've got to be very transparent to ourselves. Is that something you have done or you might be doing? Because 
your Lord says, don't do this. This is not what I want from you. Turn away from this idea and this kind of action, and that's why I'm telling this story. And he goes on, he says, two men went up to the temple to pray. It's like they're going to their type of church in the Old Testament. We're going to the temple. We are approaching God who dwells in his temple. It is his holy place. And these two men go there to pray to God. One is a Pharisee and the other is a tax collector. And it's important to see the extremes of these two men. A Pharisee was one that upheld the law of God that abided and lived in that law, that proclaimed it to other people. He was religious, he was moral, he was a devout man pursuing the Lord. And a tax collector in that time period was someone from the Jewish community, usually, that were hired by the Roman government to collect taxes of the Jewish people, and they often overcharged, and so a tax collector or a publican in some texts of the Bible were people that truly were despised by the Jewish people. And so here Jesus shares this story with a group, a Jewish audience, and your first inclination would be like a Pharisee. Okay, here's someone that walks with the Lord. Here's someone that's close to God. Here's someone that lays down in Scripture. And here is the tax collector, a no-good cheat, a traitor to the Jewish people. And then we hear the Pharisee pray to God. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like the other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Now this is a really powerful verse because as you look at it, He simply says, God, I want to thank you for something in my life. First, I just want to thank you that I don't cheat people. I believe he's probably telling the truth. I don't cheat people. I'm honest in my dealings with mankind. I'm just. I don't do evil deeds. And then finally, I'm faithful to my wife. And then his gaze goes to the tax collector. I'm so glad that's not me. You see, one of the things that you see in this Pharisee is that he is looking to himself for his righteousness. He's looking to himself I am moral, I am just, I am a devout believer of God. He goes on and even says a little bit more, I fast twice a week. According to the Mosaic law, you only had to fast once a week. But they fast twice a week, and then he gives a tenth of all that he gets. He gives his tithe, fast twice a week, gives a tenth, upright, doesn't cheat people, 
faithful to his wife. Something that is good. It's something that we all would want in our lives. These are good things. These are right acts. But there is a problem. He's looking to himself and he's righteous in his own eyes. And you do begin to see that what Jesus is going to go against is the idea that anybody can be righteous by himself without God. You are righteous if God declares that you're righteous. It doesn't matter how much you do. It doesn't matter how good you are. You are only righteous if God above declares that you're righteous. And we'll see that more towards the end of the story. But the tax collector stood at a distance and would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So what does tax collector do? He looks away from himself. And he looks to God. He looks away from himself and he looks to God. The purest form and essence of faith is looking away from yourself and looking to God. He would not even look up to heaven. He just went within himself and prayed to God and approached God in the most humble way possible. We must not look to ourselves. We must turn away from selves and look to God. I'm a sinner. He acknowledges it. I need your mercy, God. God's mercy is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And so we have these two men, the religious man and the man that is ungodly in so many ways. Religious, ungodly. Pretty good looking life. Sort of a miserable looking life. And both cry out to the Lord in different ways. One looking at himself and finding a pride and an arrogance in what he is and what he's done, even to the degree that he thanks God for it. And the other that truly has enough humility and enough understanding of his own life and what he is that he beats his breast as a sign of distress over who he is and what he's done as he goes before God. How do you approach God in your daily lives? How do you approach God when you gather to worship the Lord? Do you approach Him in this humility? Do you approach Him in the sense that you know what you are? And no matter how good that might look to the world, you know that you are a sinner. Because we all fall short of God's glory. And there's not a one of us that can look to someone else and say 
and please God at the same time, I'm glad I'm not like that person. Because God sees people differently, and God sees our hearts. God sees our hearts. That's why he says often, be careful about religious people, Pharisees, scribes. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. Do what they say, but be careful not to be like them. The tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I hope that's your attitude, because I know this is the attitude that pleases God. He goes on and he says, I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. You know, when it's all said and done, don't we want to leave this place, the house of the Lord, and go home to our houses and know with confidence that we are justified before the Lord? I don't want to go to church 60, 70 years of my life just for social functions and getting to know people only to find out in the end I wasn't justified before God because I was relying on myself and not the Lord himself. And that is a reality. Now this story is told before the death of Christ and we know the death of Christ. We look to the cross and what was accomplished by that cross for our justification. The scriptures tell us that you are justified by faith alone. As you look to God, you trust in Him. But this man, the tax collector, went home. Jesus says it was credited to him as righteous. That's what justified means. It means to be rendered innocent. It means to be forgiven. It means to be right before God. It is credited as righteousness, and God is the one that's doing the crediting. Thank God that it is God that credits us with righteousness and not other men. Jesus is the one that we look to, to be right with God. And so he goes on and Wraps up here in verse 14. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Well, the Pharisee was exalting himself. And how was he humbled? He went home thinking he was righteous in God's sight, but he went home righteous in his own mind only. Not justified. Not credited righteousness by God. But those who humble themselves will be exalted. See, this is the beauty of... God does everything for us through the person of Jesus Christ. We just look to him in humility. We cry out for his mercy. We trust him. We put our faith in him. And that is where justification comes into our lives. We don't live in a world where God's expecting us to look around the room and compare ourselves with anybody else. Sure, some of us can look good in comparison to others, right? Yeah, we, we can. But that's not what we're comparing ourselves to. We are comparing ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ himself 
who was the perfect lamb without spot or blemish, and in that he fell miserably. We see that we are sinners. Paul said, I am the worst of sinners. He had the right attitude about who he was, and therefore, in relationship to what God has done for him, he gives God all the praise and all the glory and walks through his life as a Christian in deep humility, pointing always to Jesus. If you exalt yourself, God will humble you. If you humble yourself, God will exalt you. I want you to see this, what uh, we're told by Luke a couple of chapters earlier in regards to the Pharisees. Jesus said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others. But God knows your hearts. What people value high is detestable in God's sight. So here Jesus is pointing out, you Pharisees, you religious people, you're trying to justify who you are and what you are in the eyes of other people. Well, that's not going to work for you on the day of judgment. Quit trying to justify yourself in the eyes of others and make sure that you're justified in the eyes of God because of what He's done for you. Here's another quick example. Paul says, However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God who justifies the ungodly, faith is credited as righteousness. Now, this verse isn't against the idea that we, we have deeds and we work and we serve and we sacrifice and we surrender in our service to the Lord, but it is a verse where we are being told by the Apostle Paul those things are not what justify you before God. He justifies you because of your faith. And that faith is credited as righteousness to you. God gives it to you. And then finally, since we have now been justified by his blood, that is the blood of Jesus, that is the sacrifice on the cross by Jesus Christ, there's where justification comes in for us. And don't we lean wholly on the name of Jesus don't we truly look to the cross when we take communion and we eat that bread that symbolizes his body and we drink that fruit of the vine, that cup that symbolizes his blood and we take it into ourselves, aren't we saying as a people of God that it is all of what you have done for me and I acknowledge that and I look to you for all things, my salvation, my righteousness, my justification. This text is a beautiful text that says look away from yourself and look to God. That is one of the most important things that we can do. And here really is the take home of this entire passage. You must recognize your need and depend completely on God's mercy to enter his kingdom justified. My prayer is that is what you are doing. And if it's not, my hope is you will begin to depend on him completely.
Would you pray with me? Oh, Father, we thank you for your goodness and kindness and your mercy. Help us all to look to Jesus and to the cross for all things, especially, Lord, to be right before you and with you. Let us leave this place today and go to our homes truly justified. Keep our hearts pure and humble. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, as we head into our time of response, uh, you can stand and worship with us. Uh, we're excited just to, to bring God the glory he deserves each and every day. And um, As we sing this song, let it be um, something that you take to heart, that your life would wholly and completely uh, be given to God. Um, I want you to know that our prayer teams are up front uh, to welcome you, to pray with you. Uh, so anytime during uh, this time of worship, you come up and pray with our prayer teams or speak with Patrick or another one of our leaders if uh, you have a question or a decision to make today. So let's go ahead and...